We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. It is. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, the rumors are flying like crazy. It might not just be, Zach, that if the Broncos drop the two and six, if they fail to beat the Jaguars in London on Sunday, we could see, based on some solid reporters and some, some maybe less solid rumors, Nathaniel Hackett get shown the door and probably a fire sale. Guys like Bradley Chubb, Dalton Reisner, Jerry Judy. What's the latest you've heard on that front? Because I know you're working on a story in particular on the Dalton Reisner sitch. The story is up and published right now on mileaheadle.com about Reisner. Apparently he's available for the right price, according to Jordan Schultz of, I think he works for the score now. He's the NFL insider there. So I don't know what they're going to get for Reisner, but Chubb, that's the guy who can bring back the most capital. And if you consider this a write-off of a season, Chad, if the Broncos lose against Jacksonville, the season's over. I'm sorry. They're not going to rattle off however many wins to get to, to uh, 11 and 6 or whatever, make the playoffs. Chubb can bring you back some of the capital that you lost in the Russell Wilson trade. Maybe even a first-round pick or a combination of second and thirds. But for guys like K.J. Hamler, what are you really going to get? Melvin Gordon, what are you really going to get? Dalton Reisner, a bag of uh, flaming Hot Cheetos. I would take that at this point, considering he's been so below average. The rumor about Hackett, though, it was exacerbated by PFT and Mike Florio said that there could be a shakeup if, and also I think Dan Graziano of ESPN reported the same thing. But tellingly, uh, we were linked to it on Twitter, Chad, someone I can't remember who. It was Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless today. They were mm-hmm. talking about the Broncos' situation with Russell Wilson and the high knees, whatever. Shannon Sharp said he's spoken with ownership or he's heard from players that have been around Broncos' ownership, and all he said very ominously about the owners, they want to win. They want to win. So yeah. it seems like it's a production-based business. You've talked about it a lot in their intro press conference. They said pretty much win or go home to George Payton, Nathaniel Hackett, everybody else. If they lose this game, there could be serious changes coming to Dove Valley before they return stateside. 
Shout out Albert Knoppers, all of you that have joined us in the room tonight. Dylan's in the house helping us moderate on the YouTube side. Uh, we got Sam Bam jumping in early with the Super Saiyan. And by the way, thank you, Sam, because tonight, for what it's worth, we are giving away this Mile High Huddle mug fresh off the presses. Okay. Randomly selected to a Super Chat superstar on YouTube. All right. So can't promise who it's going to be, but. The more the Super Chats, the more tickets in the hat. You know how we do it here at MHH, but we're giving one of these away. Could be Sam Bam that wins. We'll announce it tonight, all right? Scott's going to do the drawing at the end of the show. While we're live, you'll know tonight before we sign off who wins the new mug. You can see the, the new swag, the new hat, the new T-shirts. It's all up at the merch store right below. You can click if you're on YouTube or just go to huddleuppod.com. But Sam says, good evening, Chad, Zach, Scott, and Broncos country. Just hoping the Broncos can get a win going into the bye, and then can reassess what's happened thus far and have a better second half to give us some hope. Go Broncos. Really appreciate that, Sam. Really, uh, we do. And, Zach, you brought up the thing that kind of stuck out to me of, of all the optimism and all the fanfare that came with the Walton Penner Group assuming ownership, that first press conference that they held, for whatever reason, it just stuck out to me Hey, what are your thoughts on George Payton? What are your thoughts on Nathaniel Hackett? And he did, uh, Rob Walton ended his remarks by saying, quote, you know, after saying that, you know, we're excited about him. We think these are the right guys, yada, yada, yada. But then he ended his remarks by saying, quote, they'll have to perform, but we like them basically, right? They'll have to perform. Well, it's hard to make an argument that either is performing right now. And there are a lot of different theories as to why, Zach. You can listen to some of the guys like Shannon Sharp, who is a legendary Denver Bronco, who was around the building at the last game as the Broncos celebrated the Super Bowl 32 squad. Still very connected, obviously. He makes it sound like Russell Wilson's running things, and that's why everything is, is off kilter and that the Broncos need to wrest control back from the quarterback and whatnot. Who knows what it what exactly is going on, Zach, but it's rotten, and this is the pivotal moment. Like, this is the game. If they don't win this one, then the house of cards comes crumbling down. Well, if you look at the um, the common thread of the players that are supposedly on the trade block, Bradley Chubb, Elway draft pick, uh, Dalton Reisner, Elway draft pick, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Elway draft picks. George Payton has no um, affinity or ties or loyalty to those players. So that's why he'd be looking to lump some of them off to another team and also get back the capital because he loves his draft picks, Chad. And right now the Broncos are bereft of draft capital completely. The same thing applies though, to the ownership. They didn't hire George Payton. They didn't hire Nathaniel Hackett. They have no loyalty to them. They have loyalty to their shareholders and to the Broncos fan base. They want to put a winning product on the field. You know why? Because they want to make more of this. That's why they're billionaires. And they're not going to make more of this if the Broncos keep losing more and more games. Now, here's my thing about Sunday. If they even win this game, is it false hope? If they win this game, does it mean that every other issue from the season's magically cured because they beat the Jaguars in London? No. I mean, it would depend on how they beat them, how they look, but nothing to this point has indicated the Broncos are going to be a playoff team considering what we've seen from Nathaniel Hackett, uh, the, any quarterback under center, pretty much the entire offense, and also the injuries. 
Can you really expect, even if the Broncos eke out a victory against Jacksonville, can they overcome all the injuries? And there's going to be another one. There is every single week, Chad. I just think it's if you're going to rip the Band-Aid off at the end of the year because of the product wasn't good enough, the record wasn't good enough, why not get a jump on that regardless of what happens in Jacksonville going into a bye week? Just my two cents. Lots more to discuss, including a, f- a few things I want to riff off of what you just said, Zach. I want to talk about Russell Wilson's uh, controversial jet plane to uh, London Please. and all that stuff. We're going to get into it. But first, listen up, Broncos country. If you are like us, right, you are increasingly getting more concerned about cybercrime with people stealing your private data and invading your privacy. But I'm not that tech savvy, to be frank. That's why I now use NordVPN on all my browsers, whether it's desktop, laptop, uh, tablet, my phone. VPN, in case you didn't know, stands for Virtual Private Network. And what NordVPN does is it protects you as a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. Very easy to use. Okay, You don't need a degree from MIT to figure it out. Very intuitive. And with my NordVPN account, I can have up to six devices protected, no longer having to worry about hackers, malicious sites, and those ubiquitous pop-ups for the price, gang, of a single cup of coffee per month. Okay, Complete peace of mind knowing that all my devices, all my data are protected. Plus, with NordVPN, You're never slave to media blackouts, whether it's NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever it is. You can switch your virtual location to a market that's showing that game that you want to watch so you never miss out on the live action. Yeah, Broncos country, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash MHH to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's nordvpn.com slash MHH to get four months free. And we will put the link in the description. Well, it is in the description, and we'll uh, we'll drop a link in the chat because seriously, like this is something. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want everybody to have, you need to have it. My grandmother, everybody needs this, okay? Appreciate NordVPN supporting MHH. All right, let's get to a couple of very patient Super Chat superstars like Debugmeister throwing down early before we uh, even went live. Really appreciate that, bro. He says, I'm glad I caught you guys live tonight. All this bashing on Peyton, probably George Peyton, having his coaches back, etc., needs to chill out. Let's see how this game goes. I'm hoping a light switch clicks and Hackett's shiny marble. <laughs> MHH for life. Zach, thank you, Bugmeister. Um, 
you know, there is the distinct possibility. I remember there's a difference between the word possibility and probability, but there is the distinct possibility that Russell Wilson kind of had a reset from sitting for a week that he's feeling better, healthier. If you believe what the Broncos were telling you that he didn't play last week because of a hamstring, not because they wanted to sit him. Uh, and maybe he comes back in this game, Zach, and sparks the Broncos to heights heretofore unseen, at least in this season. And to use his own kind of verbiage, they go on a run. Yeah, that would presuppose that Hackett grows a brain between now and Sunday. And, you know, they he learns how to call plays and sequence plays and just gets a feel for being a head coach at the NFL level. So even if Russell Wilson steps up his game, it's going to be like every other year where the Broncos are capped by their coaching staff, specifically on offense with Hackett out and then the rest. Yeah, there's always the hope, but I just, I can't give the Broncos, Russell Wilson, Hackett, anyone the benefit of the doubt. I will say, I want to address Peyton's presser today because it was a lot of GM speak chat a lot of what else is he going to say I just didn't like the excuses he was making for Hackett I knew he was going to make excuses but he's had four primetime games so I mean big deal you knew that when you traded for Russell Wilson and put yourself in that position he goes the scrutiny he's faced meaning Hackett is unprecedented well what's unprecedented is acquiring a 245 million dollar quarterback and failing to score a touchdown and then he says uh, he's he's still growing in the job or something like that, or he's still the world is getting to see him grow up or something. It just made him seem like don't be mean to Nate. You know he's trying his best out there. He gets a gold star. So I did not really like that or appreciate that from Peyton because he's completely blowing smoke at me, which I don't want it in any orifice, especially down there. <laughs> I do appreciate Peyton finally being the one in however many years to call out the symptomatic the dismantling of the Broncos roster via injuries. He said that every, you know, we have to look into it. We looked into it last off season. No changes were made. Lauren Landau was kept as part of the strength and conditioning staff. He goes, we have to really examine that because it's, it's, it's getting to be out of hand now. So maybe this signals the beginning of the end for the most protected man in Denver. David Wilder. Thank you for the super chat, brother. Love the, uh, Profile pick, rocking the the T-shirt. We do appreciate you, brother. It's great to see you. I'm going to direct quote a couple of these things that Zach just referred to um, verbatim. All right, here is what Peyton said on the 2-5 and five start to the season. Quote, obviously the results aren't there. It's not good enough at 2-5. and five. We all need to get better, and it starts with me. I do believe in this football team. I do believe in the people in our building, our coaching staff. We can turn it around. It's only seven games. We've been in every game, but... That's not what it's all about. It's about winning games. We need to learn how to win football games. We haven't done that. Have you lost faith in Coach Hackett? Quote, I believe in Nathaniel. I support Nathaniel 100%. He's been in this for seven games as a head coach. The scrutiny he's faced is unprecedented. We've had four primetime games, so he's kind of had to learn in front of the entire world. I really like how he's kept the team together. They're connected. He's kept our building together, and I appreciate how he's fought through that, close quote. Zach, but what about Russ? What do you think about Russ, Peyton? Quote, Russ, like I talked about, it's a lot of newness. He's trying to learn this staff, and the staff's trying to learn him and all of our players. We know what Russ is capable of. It's our job to get the best out of Russ and our entire offense. I know we'll get there, 
you've seen flashes with Russ, whether it was the first half of the Raiders, first half of the Chargers. You see the arm strength, the accuracy, the mobility. We all need to play better. That's for sure on offense, close quote. So, yeah, it doesn't sound like, for whatever it's worth, the embarrassment that the Walton Penners put out there saying, hey, I, this is embarrassing to us and whatnot. I don't think either the memo didn't get to George Payton or they've talked about it and George Payton has convinced them that Hackett's getting the season because otherwise he wouldn't have said a lot of those things that he said if there really was a chance, I think, that he could be canned with another loss this week. I think it was the, an understood fact from when the Walton Penner family bought the Broncos that Hackett was going to be the coach for one year, that that's what the football people had in mind and what the football people want. So I'm not too surprised by that, but um, I thought it all started with Hackett though. That's what he's been telling me the last four or five weeks when the Broncos went on this losing streak. Now it's, it all starts with George Payton, which is it? It seems like they're either having mixed signals or on the same PR page, which either way I don't appreciate. He mentions the primetime games. I'm sorry. Is, uh, is he the only rookie coach in history to have a primetime game in his first you know, seven weeks well, on in, the job? In, in his defense, it is a lot to have four in your first well, he yeah. knew that when he acquired Russell Wilson and Hackett signed up for the job knowing what he was getting into. I mean, I'm not sure that they did. Now, I'm listen real quick. Now, remind me if this is if I'm off on this. Hackett, we we know who the opponents are at the beginning of the year. We know who we don't know who the order is going to be for the season till quite a ways. Isn't that when they decide the prime time? So I wonder if the prime time. I guess what I'm asking is that came after the Hackett thing. I just it doesn't excuse losing to the Colts in prime no, time or, no. or not, you know, scoring 11 points against the Niners and looking that inefficient or losing to the Seahawks and just having a, a wet fart to start their year. It's it's just <laughs> I don't buy those excuses, but I'm not surprised. Like Dylan says in the comments, they're just GM speak. Yeah, I was prepped for that. But leaning on the primetime games and the scrutiny, it's like very weak and very I hate to use the word again. It's how I describe Hackett, but very beta. I want more of an alpha mentality for my coach and my general manager, but I, that's why I appreciated the comments that he made where, listen, it's not been good enough. We want to win. We know we haven't performed up to task, and injuries are a big reason for that. And as Peyton, I'm going to look into it, which, honesty, that I appreciate. Hey, Maurice, safe travels across the pond. He's on his way on United Flight 923 with his wife to catch the game. That's really cool, buddy. I hope you enjoy it. Um, Savage Boy Kev, real quick. Zach on Twitch wants to know what do you guys think Ugh. about the jersey change? I wanted to see at least the orange jersey oh. with the blue pants. So, in case you guys missed it, uh, I'll give you a preview of what these this uniform change. Which to me, it's meh. It's whatever. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's just whatever. Um, oh no, it's wanting to give me an ad. Let, let me skippy. That's what it looks like right there. Whoop. Okay. Come on, pause. There you go. White top, so it's your regular white travel jersey with your color rush blue uh, bottoms with the orange stripe on the pants, right? So white shirt with blue, not stripe, but what do you call that, a swoosh or whatever off the side. That's your that's your jersey, and then your pants are the color rush dark blue. Well, maybe not color rush, but that, the dark blue um, that you see with the orange side. So I don't really care, Zach. What are your thoughts? You ever hear the story of the drunk Jay Cutler supposedly in Chicago and a fan came up to him in the bathroom and said, oh, my God, Jay Cutler, I love you so much. And Jay Cutler said, who cares? 
That's exactly <laughs> how I feel about the uniforms. I don't care if they're playing in pink tutus. I don't care if they're playing in UPS outfits or garb chat as long as they win a freaking football game and i can't believe the uproar over a jersey if the broncos were six and one right now and that was the biggest of their concerns i'd be on board with it but they're two and five they are on a four game losing streak their star quarterback is injured chad there's talk of firing the head coach and having a massive fire sale and they're worried about jerseys win an effing football game nothing else matters but winning nothing else Four-game losing streak this team is riding, and Plum Bob jumping in. By the way, guys, as you know, Super Chat Superstars tonight, all right, we're going to randomly send you. the. We're going to randomly select from the tonight's Super Chat Superstars the winner. We're going to send this mug out to you tomorrow. Plum Bob's in the running. We'll see how uh, the odds favor him, but he says, I'm going to wake up at 6.30 a.m. to watch our Broncos. Hopefully they don't disappoint again. Yeah, it is going to be uh, – an early start, you know, um, than most fans are used to. David says, is there an offensive line that we could get in exchange for Bradley Chubb? No, I mean, you might make that part of the ask, though. I mean, you're not going to, Zach, you're not going to get a Von Miller caliber haul in exchange for Bradley Chubb. Um, but you could perhaps say, hey, we want your early second round pick and that starting offensive tackle on your club. And that might be something teams would uh, be open to. Here's a crazy idea. How about the first or second round pick they get for Bradley Chubb? Draft a freaking tackle with that pick. I mean, for once in the last half decade, that would be nice. I wouldn't take anything less, though, when we're on the subject about Chubb. Anything less than a second and third for him. You're talking about a edge rusher who's in his prime right now, former pro bowler. He's healthy in a contract year. I mean, the franchise tag is on the table for whoever acquires him, though, according to Jordan Schultz, he reported yesterday an extension would be the understood part of that deal. So if the Broncos can move him and they can recoup some of that capital, I'd be forward, but nothing less than a second and third. Wero, thank you, buddy. He says, we're getting our picks back after this next draft. Trading our core guys would be beyond stupid. Even a first-round pick isn't guaranteed to be good. And that's a fair point that I want to come back to. Here's the report from Schultz. Quote, a lot of teams are trying to get Chubb. This is from, a, by the way, a nameless GM that told Schultz. So I'm quoting Schultz, quoting a GM who said, a lot of teams are trying to get him. I know that. We offered a package we think is competitive. Premium position of need and premium player. We'll see where George Payton goes with it, but I'd guess Chubb gets moved. Now, I am torn on this a little bit because on one hand, it's trending towards this being another lost season. So it's like, hey, it makes a lot of sense, Zach, to, to have a fire sale. But it has to be within reason because even if this season is lost, you're committed to Russell Wilson for four years, okay? You got to feel the plausibly competitive squad. And if you just start dismantling the roster, just so you feel a little bit better about next year's draft, you know, we you go from five picks to seven picks or whatever, you you, you run the risk of, of stepping over a buck to pick up a dime, right? Like, be careful with how you select. Now, if it's guys that are in contract years, like Bradley Chubb, I could live with it, like Dalton Reisner, I'm really not going to question that too much, especially when you look at Chubb and you got Randy Gregory coming back. You got Baron Browning, who's going to come back here in the near future, at least after the bye. And Nick Benito's got to develop, might as well be now. Dalton Reisner, haven't seen anything that makes me say, got to have him. Jerry Judy, though, I'm saying pump the brakes on that. KJ Hamler, I'm saying pump the brakes because they're not in a contract here and Russ is going to need some weapons. 
And uh, Jerry Judy is coming off a season-high seven-catch game. So I think he's only getting better if you just get him the ball and believe in him, his character concerns and drop issues aside. The thing with Chubb, though, it's like, are you going to bring him back realistically? Are you going to hand him a second contract and pay him market value for an edge rusher, which is astronomical money? Probably not, after giving Randy Gregory $70 million. As Scott pointed out, the franchise tag for Chubb would be $25 million. It's almost franchise quarterback money for an edge rusher when you, as you mentioned, Chad, you drafted Nick Benito, and we looked at each other in Vegas. We went on the podcast right after the pick was made and said and posed the question, is this not an indictment or a message sent to Bradley Chubb, like either get your S together or we might you know, move on and install this guy? I would be for keeping Chubb if Baron Browning hasn't broken out. That's a tongue twister if there ever was one. He looks like a future long-term starter. It's a shame he got injured, but you have two guys, and throw in Jonathan Cooper in there as well, three guys who can step up when Randy Gregory comes back and fill that void. If you can get a first-round pick back for Bradley Chubb, I think you've got to make that trade if you're resolute on not resigning him. Agreed. The Duchess throwing down a top rope super chat as she is often want to do. We love you, Michaela. Thank you so much, my friend. She says, would you trade Chubb for a first or second round pick and the rights to Sean Payton, Zach? Chubb for a first and Sean Payton? Yeah, or second and Sean Payton. They don't have a first or a second, so they can't do that trade. New Orleans? So you'd be trading Bradley Chubb for New Orleans' first or second round pick and the rights to Sean Payton. Payton. That's not yes. going to get it done. That's It's going to be one or the other. I don't think New Orleans would give um, the, a first round up for Chubb or a second round for that matter. And Sean Payton, they're going to play hardball, and he's going to get to choose where he wants to go and unretire. The rumor is that he wants to come out of retirement and coach Justin Herbert, which would be a nightmare, him coming to the West and not coaching the Broncos. But Michaela, I like the thought. I would love with a capital L, Sean Payton, as the Broncos coach, but that's not going to get it done. Man, things just keep getting worse for the Broncos and the AFC West if some of these rumors are true. But, Michaela, love you so much. We also love Albert and his great wife, Michelle, who we got to hang out with just a, a few weeks ago at the meet-and-greet in Denver in the in the uh, Mecca. He, he says here, Zach, on Facebook, I think it has to be a high-scoring win for Hackett to be safe. If it's a victory like 12-9, I don't think it'll be good enough for him to stay. See, and that's the thing. Appreciate your insight, Albert. You know, after hearing George Payton, how big of a schlub would he look like to have said everything that he said today and then the Broncos lose, regardless of what the complexion of the loss looks like, they lose the game and then they fire Nathaniel Hackett the next day after he just went to bat. That wasn't just a coach kind of trying to keep the status quo and I'm here and I know you're going to ask me questions about Hackett. So I'm No, this is a dude that like, clearly went into that press conference, George Payton, ready to go to war on behalf of Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, well, I mean, George Payton did tie part of or maybe even most of his career in Denver as general manager to the hiring of Hackett and the acquisition of George of uh, Russell Wilson, excuse me. But if it comes down to ownership goes to George and it's either George Payton's ass or Nathaniel Hackett's ass, guess which ass is going to go, Chad? It's not going to be the general manager's. Hmm. Wero, number two tonight. Thank you, brother. He says, Hackett needs to give up play calling. The Eagles head coach did it halfway through last year. Bill's head coach decided he wouldn't call plays after the preseason. It's too much. Zach, I think you and I are... are I, I, first of all, what's your opinion? Black and white. 
does Nathaniel Hackett need to give up play calling? It's a layered question because, you know, to Hackett's credit, he's done some things correctly with his scheme. He schemes a lot of players open. And one of that uh, examples was the KJ Hamler missed opportunity against Indianapolis. That should have been the game winner. That was a product of the play design by Nathaniel Hackett, but just his feel for the game in the third quarter, especially when they go off script in the second half, it's just not good. And he made two quarterbacks now look completely average. When Brett Rippon is playing the same as Russell Wilson, there is a common denominator and that's the play caller. But my second part to this is if you strip the play calling away, why not just fire him? Get it over with. What is he going to do on the sideline if he's just the head coach and he's not calling plays? They hired him to do that job. So stripping him of that is just keeping a car around that has cinder blocks for tires. Get rid of it, salvage it, and move on. I really don't think it's going to happen because they didn't hire an offensive coordinator with play calling experience. And so you're going to tell me that the head coach is going to relinquish play calling duties, which in and of itself is uh, ignominious, right? It's 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 a it's a it's a mark bad mark on his resume, and you're going to give play calling duties to the quarterbacks coach. I just don't see it happening, and I don't think reading between the lines of what Peyton said today, Zach, I don't think he's going to f- force the hand. I think he really does believe in in Nathaniel Hackett and that he's going to figure this out and that he's learning on the job. And it's unfortunate that it's come at the cost of the Broncos, uh, you know, winning games, et cetera. But um, I just don't think it's going to happen. I'll be honest with you. Now, maybe it is unprecedented, Zach, some of the hate that he's getting as a first-year coach. but. Uh, the reason the scrutiny has been so intense, and then we'll grab RD here, is that this team became a trendy pick to be a factor this year because of the head coach quarterback combination, the acquisitions, the hires that were made in the offseason. And it's one thing to just not live up to expectations. It's another thing to literally like invert them. You know, you're not five and two, you're two and five at seven games into this season. And then you put that, Zach, on a canvas that is four primetime games out of seven uh, weeks. And of course, and then you've got a quarterback that keeps doing things to put himself in the freaking news cycle week in and week out. And it continues to kind of cast a, a larger shadow on Nathaniel Hackett. And so to some extent, George Payton's right that there is there has been a an outsized kind of scrutiny on Nathaniel Hackett because of Russell Wilson's shenanigans a and b the fact that he's never looked this bad even as a rookie russell wilson was not this bad i think when it comes to hackett you have two choices either keep him in his full capacity or fire him stripping him of oc duties is not going to do the team any good because he'd be a useless figurehead on the sideline and who would respect him in the locker room if he's this uh you know eunuch that has his you know what's cut off chad i mean he's not going to have any power or authority so I don't know what you do with that. And in terms of the scrutiny he's facing, you know what's unprecedented is the home crowd counting down the play clock or not getting a punt returner back there or not scoring a touchdown. They're not just bad. They're catastrophically bad. Even their wins, like the Texans game, have felt like losses. So I'm not being overly critical. I realize Hackett's getting some of the leftover criticism, the the runoff from how meme-worthy Russell Wilson is, but Hackett has really made his own bet. 
with how deer in the headlights, how incompetent he's looked, how in over his head he's looked, and now he's laying in it. So saying, oh, don't hurt his feelings, he's doing his best, comes off extremely weak and JV to me. And especially when, you know, you don't just look bad the first two games as a team, Zach, the depths to which the incompetence was revealed. Yes, it was on a national stage, but the play, the the game time decision problems and the play clock stuff and just the game management aspects, like, I get it that it's kind of been blown um, out of proportion, but not by much, not by that much. RD up in Canada, appreciate you, big dog, proving Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. RD says he's an offensive guru and literally had the worst offense in the league. Backup quarterback throwing 45 times in a close game. That's not growing pains. That's lacking fundamental knowledge. Someone who Matt, some, someone who Madden would know. Um, yeah, it's, it's like a presence of mind thing. You don't know, like you can't trust. You don't ever have that feeling, Zach, in your gut when the Broncos are in a critical situation that Nathaniel Hackett's play call is going to be the difference between this, the chains getting moved or the touchdown going on the board or whatever. Like it's a here comes the play call and just hope to God Russell Wilson uh, makes a play. It's he's his presence of mind is sequencing his he be, he's very obvious and how he's calling things so he telegraphs to the opponent what's coming next yep. this is a great point 45 times you're having a backup quarterback with a subpar arm throw in a close single score game why why do you not try to really assert yourself in the running game because if you do that you could throw half as many times and get more bang for your buck but he wants the quick money he wants that quick returns at it made no sense. It's a great, great point, RD. I mean, it's a one possession game. You having Brett Rippon throw 45 times behind a shoddy O line, I might add as well. And you still only score one touchdown. And that touchdown, by the way, came on the ground with Latavius Murray. So it's just not a feel for the game. I don't understand it because he was an OC. He didn't call plays, though, in Green Bay. He did in Jacksonville. This is not a first-timer right out of college. I mean, the excuses have to stop for him. He should be much better. He hasn't been better. And you know what? The fans walking out of the fourth quarter in that one-possession game, if that doesn't raise eyebrows and signal that something's wrong, nothing will. Rob, thank you for that super chat, big dog. He says, evening priests, hope for a win this week, but my thought is to blow it up and move on to 23. Good luck this week in fantasy, Zach. Hope to win against you. Oh, so an opponent. You guys are uh, crossing swords this week, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, good luck, uh, Rob, this week. I, I was shafted last. I think I played Michaela, the other Michaela, the second Michaela, uh, and I lost because I had uh, Jalen Hurts, Jefferson, Miles Sanders, uh, somebody else on a bye. I was devastated. Only lost like by five points. But good luck, Rob. Made the best fantasy player win. Um, shout out. We haven't, you know, Michael throwing down. Michael is always, um, positive, supportive of what we do here at MHH. And he's one dedicated Broncos fan. And he says, I'm positive for the Broncos next year, uh, the 2023 team, because we will get things fixed. This NFL season will not be the same with this problem we have right now. I'm staying positive no matter what happens. Hey dude, I don't blame you. What, what do you have to, uh, gain from being negative for what it's worth? I mean, um, the old man, Zach, the old man saying, keep Chubb. He's become like number one podcast listener. Um, 
he who fobbed me saying, keep Chubb. He's solid. He is solid, dad. Okay. <laughs> dad, he's solid, but uh, he's going to be gone in, oh, two months time. So get what you can for him now. Cause as what is it, Zach is a, com- a compensatory pick probably returns you a third, third rounder. So any trade right now would have to be better than that. Right. Significantly. I think you can get a first round pick out of Bradley Chubb, like a late first round pick, a, a competitive team that's got some juice. They just need that edge rusher to get them over the top, like the Rams last year. Well, I appreciate the pun there. It's a solid Chubb. Yeah, I see what you did. Um, the thing is, though, with the third round comp pick, it could be canceled out with the Broncos spending in free agency. So if you can guarantee yourself a second or even a first, why not take that if you're dead set on him walking? And right now with the Broncos needing to retool the roster in other areas, not edge rusher, they need to pinch some pennies after giving Randy Gregory $70 million. I don't think it was ever really in the cards to re-sign Shubb to a second contract or give him the franchise tag. And at that point, with the season going down the crapper, why not gain what you could? If it's a first and a second, I am signing off on that deal all day, every day. Bradley Chubb, to me, Zach, would have to produce like a 20-sack caliber season where he's just like a defensive player of the year candidate caliber season to overcome all of the doubts I would have of committing uh, tens of millions of dollars to a guy who has given you so far one healthy season and he's in his fifth year. Now that's assuming this season ends like his first one. So two out of five seasons fully healthy, I'm saying, eh, especially if I can get a little something for him now, it's a it's a good move. Now I'm, I don't feel the same about Judy or the Hamler. Albert Okawebunam, he's an afterthought now, so if you can get a freaking bag of Doritos, take care of that. David McElrath, what's up, bro? Thank you for the super chat. Right back at you. Good evening, my friend. And uh, he says, hashtag Broncos for life. I love it, dude. I love it. PJ Rivas coming in saying, hey, guys, I've given up on this season, but I'm looking forward to next. I feel a coaching change coming. Go Broncos. Well, you're probably right, dude. You're probably right there's a coaching change coming. It's a matter of when. All right. George Fox says, Hackett thinks Russ is Aaron Rodgers. That's why we put the ball up so many times on third down, Zach. And MHH for life, by the way. Thank you, George. Great observation, George. I, I noted the same thing on last week's podcast that he's trying to replicate and copy paste the Packers offense and trying to make Russell Wilson into A-Rod. And, and Russell Wilson simply is not. They're two different quarterbacks entirely. And I thought the whole idea was to build the offense around Russell Wilson's strengths and skill sets, and he hasn't done that. The Green Bay offense relies on solid O-line play, which the Broncos don't have, and perfect pinpoint timing between receiver and quarterback, which obviously the Broncos don't have. So to keep shoving that square peg in the round hole, word to Mark Jensen with solid chubs, Chad, I mean, you got to just massage the system to fit your quarterback and what he's doing right, and more importantly, what he's doing wrong. Wero, what does any head coach do when they don't call plays? Well, it's it's funny because it used to be that head coaches didn't call plays. Like for the longest time, like Mike Shanahan was one of the few exceptions to the rule. Him, Bel, uh, Bill Belichick would kind of go back and forth. Sometimes he would call plays on defense. Other times he had a coordinator. But what do they do? They manage the game. They um, – they kind of uh, shepherd all the communicate, make sure things are going right, game plan, uh, game situation, 
hey, does the offense know about this? Or are they recognizing that the defense? This like there's a lot from a management perspective in game. Like no one went to throw the red flag, no one went to call the timeouts, and not being under pressure or distracted in a game when you're getting that information coming to you through somebody up in the box, and yet you're like most of your brain power is thinking about like what play do I call next? You don't have those that divided attention, so to speak. And I think that it's perfectly fine for a head coach to not call plays. It's okay. As long as, you know, in Denver's case, Zach, do you trust Clint Kubiak to be better than Nathaniel Hackett? Cause he started off. Let's, let's be honest. Clint Kubiak started off on very rocky footing last year, calling plays as Minnesota's offensive coordinator. He ended up kind of turning the ship around and improved as the season wore on, which is just more evidence that for coaches, it's repetitions as well. I mean, everything is repetitions, knowing the personnel, personnel feeling comfortable with each other, feeling comfortable. So there are things that George Payton said today, Zach, at the podium that are true and do hold some water. It's just a it just kind of feels like um, lip service at this point. Uh, there's a difference to me between already hiring a coordinator who's not going to have a, a play calling role and then stripping the head coach who you hired of those play calling duties and still keeping him around. I just don't see what a, I don't know what word to use, Chad, take away his power. You pull the rug out from under him. You know, what would that send to the team? How would they rally around their head coach who just got his power taken away? And if they were to do that, it's a signal that the head coach isn't good enough and they're trying to win despite the head coach not being good enough. So it, again, it's either you keep him around in his full capacity as the head coach in OC, or you rip the bandaid off, admit you made a catastrophic mistake, fire him and move on. Yeah. As, as Scott points out in the chat, all right, a head coach on the sideline, if he's not calling plays, it's quality control. It's just making sure the ship's running the way it ought to run. Um, okay. In case you missed it guys, since we're about 40 minutes in tonight, we are giving away this, hot off the presses, brand new logo, Mile High Huddle podcast mug, all right, to one of the tonight's Super Chat Superstar donators, all right, and we will randomly select that name before we sign off. That's the score on that, and we're excited to get it out. That logo, dude, is dope. Uh, Gupta Trupa saying, I like these Mile High Huddle guys. Well, welcome in. Appreciate you on Twitch, big dog. No, we don't primarily uh, stream on Twitch. We kind of got on the Twitch thing, I don't know, year after we started doing these every day as a live stream on our main thing is YouTube and Facebook. That doesn't mean we don't love Twitch. Twitch is great. Twitch is cool. You know, we just, I, but I'll be honest with you. I'm not a gamer, so I don't really understand Twitch. I do. I just make sure that, that the pods are connected and stream to Twitch as they do YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, I saw a comment here. A few questions we can get to. I saw Beto ask about Kevin Stefanski. If he gets fired and Hackett gets fired, would you pick him up as the head coach? And I know we might differ, Chad, on Stefanski. I thought he's a, or I think he's a much better offensive mind than people give him credit for. And he showed that last year when he schemed his way to a Broncos victory or a Browns victory, excuse me, uh, without his quarterback and running back. What do you think about Stefanski as a Hackett replacement potentially? I don't really like it. I've just never – I've been open to the possibility that he goes to Cleveland and he does something really good and and whatnot, but this is a guy that let's, – let's just wind it back. I know Cleveland hired him as a head coach and all that, but 
uh, what's his name? I just brain farted the former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. The guy, Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, sorry. Mike Zimmer was so confident in Stefanski as the offensive coordinator of the Vikings that he brought in Gary Kubiak to, to basically usurp him. Kept Stefanski on nominally as the offensive coordinator. Gary Kubiak was, what was it, Zach's senior offensive advisor or something yeah. like that. But on game day, it was Kubiak calling things. And Stefanski had some role in that. And it was supposedly a very uh, team-oriented process. But that just always, from that point on, Zach, it just made me question his uh, if he's ready for, for all that. But I haven't hated what he's done in Cleveland. It's just that what does Cleveland, outside of that one win over the Broncos, I know it's been quarterback instability. I get that. But Stefanski's not a name I'm thinking is coming in here and changing the game. That's for sure. Yeah, appreciate you, Clayton, throwing down the stars, as always. Uh, the thing about Stefanski, he's making chicken salad with Jacoby Brissett right now. If you watch the Browns games, they're not winning, but that offense looks competent without much of a starting quarterback. I like what he does with the running game as well with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And here's the thing. We both agree if the Broncos have another coaching search, they should probably go for a retread. And what other yeah. offensive retread would be out there except for Sean Payton? So Stefanski uh, could be a possibility. David's liking the new orange MHH t-shirt that you see me rocking here. Yep. They're in the merch store, gang. Go out and get one. It's another way to support what we do here. We appreciate everybody that does patronize the merch store because it wouldn't exist without your popular demand. Zach and I weren't even thinking about doing that until you guys demanded us create a merch store. You could buy hats and t-shirts and mugs and all that. And we've just been like blown away to see people patronize it and so we invest into putting up new designs and putting up new products and improving the site and all that stuff for you guys so appreciate you hope you dig the new designs uh, okay we're at 43 minutes zach i titled this around uh russell wilson scott i don't know if your situation scott's literally at the airport right now about to hop on a plane to uh, a transatlantic plane i don't know if you could maybe pull that clip of russ talking about what he did on the airplane just have it queued up but it's for those of you who missed it, um, Russell Wilson basically, in an effort to make himself look like the bee's knees, he kind of threw his dudes under the bus. And people are not liking it. He said, I'll, I'll paraphrase him here, that in the flight over to London, while everyone else was sleeping, he either was watching film or literally like working out on the jet while all of his teammates were sawing logs and that he cracked the code, you know, to, to avoiding jet lag crossing the Atlantic ocean. And I honestly, Zach, don't really understand after everything he's done and said, and kind of the cornball that he is. Okay. This is what's like got created so much of an uproar and kind of a social media firestorm this i mean what so many other things he's done and said that are are to me of similar caliber but what did you make of it all and did, would you agree with a guy like shannon sharp who says no 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 this is why people in that locker room are feeling not so good about russell wilson that he's like trying to make him put himself on a pedestal above all his other teammates and create separation there and he's got his own office at dove valley you know does all that have anything to do with what he said at the podium? 
I think if the Broncos were five and two and not two and five, and he said that he'd be either credited for it or it wouldn't be such a huge story. But because the Broncos are two and five and because he's Russell Wilson, who gets clowned on and criticized for everything, it became national news. I don't know though, that there's, I don't, it's hard to believe when you have a torn hamstring that you're on Uh, a plane (laughs) Here it is, real quick. Go ahead, go ahead and hit it, real quick, because we don't know how long Scott's. I don't. Really he's got get airport Wi-Fi too often. You know, I don't. I don't really. Um, you know, I've traveled enough to to get you know kind of get my system down. But uh, yeah, for me, I was on the plane the first two hours. I was uh, uh, first two hours about eight, was eight hours flight here. So first two hours, I was watching the film, get, watching all the cut-ups and everything else. And then for the next four hours, I was doing treatment on the plane. I was walking up and down the aisles. Everybody was knocked out. I was doing high knees and working on, working on my legs and everything else, you know, making sure I'm ready to rock. Uh, so that was good. And then the last two hours, of, the last hour of that, I, I watched, uh, I fell asleep for one hour and I watched the film the rest. So uh, I felt felt good to go once we got back. And then we had, you know, coaches did a great job. We um, Zach, for what it's worth, he's saying he's working on treatment, not that he was trying to like outwork his guys. For what it's worth, he said treatment. He just reminds me of like you ever see the movie Encino Man with Brendan Fraser? Of course, and, dude. No, he's the juice. That's what he just—he's trying to seem like a human who's saying all the right things and trying she to make everyone happy. She finds you, crusty Dave. <laughs> that's a good movie. So <laughs> I love Encino Man, dude. Um, I don't know that I believe the veracity of that. It seems like he's hamming it up because he wants to come across like this great football player, tough guy. It's, you know, all Broncos all the time. He also said last year, I think it was rehabbing his mallet finger, that he was in the rehab room for like 20 of 24 hours in a given day. So I don't doubt, and a couple Broncos players on Twitter have verified that he indeed was up and down the aisles doing high knees. I just don't think he was standing for four straight hours, stretching for four straight hours, like as it was appeared to be through the media. They made that the headline. Russell Wilson literally did high knees nonstop for four hours on a torn hamstring. When you actually watch the video and hear the quote, he's watched film, he fell asleep. It wasn't just four straight hours of exercises, but it's still Russell Wilson. But again, he said, I did treatment. He didn't say I was working out. Now, the things he was talking about to the average Joe, to me, that's a workout. Like I'm, I'm like, you know what, in the dirt 20 minutes into that with my dad bod. But he's doing it for four hours, but but it's treatment. So maybe there's something to the fact that he got sat in that Jets game because of his hamstring, although he claimed another thing that I'd like to talk about here, Zach, we can pull it up, but he made it sound like perhaps inadvertently that he begged to differ with the coaching staff on sitting last week. He said he was ready to rock. I had 150-something straight starts in the NFL. I played through a lot. I was ready to rock. Broncos disagreed, I guess, or was there more to that decision? What do you think? Am I, because I, I'll admit, I've been a little bit paranoid, a little bit skeptical, and it could be overblown on my part. It could simply be that, you know, in the NFL, it's very common for injured players to say, no, I'm good to go. And the right. medical staff say, no, nah, we don't think you're quite ready. And so they, the co- head coach overrides what the player wants to do. It's usually there, Zach for like head injuries and guys coming off concussion. You don't see it run of the mill stuff usually. And especially when it's your quarterback, usually if the quarterback's saying, no, I'm good to go. The coach is going like, okay, yeah. If you're saying you're good to go, quarterbacks just don't miss games willy nilly. 
I think there's there's some truth to that. And I, I point to Teddy Bridgewater in Miami a few weeks ago. He did have the head injury, but he said he felt like he could have played and wanted to keep playing. All the players will tell you they want to stay in the game. They don't want to come out. They're competitors. Uh, they want to win. And Russell Wilson leads that pack. But when you consider all the criticism they've been facing with the subway ads, the let's ride, the losing, how bad Russell Wilson's looked, how bad Nathaniel Hackett's looked. If you play Brett Rippon, it takes some of the heat off Russell Wilson for one week. And also it buys Nathaniel Hackett another week of excuses. Oh, I had Brett Rippon starting against a great Jets defense. You know, not too surprised. I'm going to put up points. So it could be something to that where it was strategic. The fact they held him out. And also, by the way, real quick on the injury report, his shoulder, his torn lat whatever it was it's not there he's listed with the uh hamstring yeah so which is it and sometimes it doesn't matter if you're a pro player or if you are a drummer in a band or if you are a guy that works uh in sanitation waste management sometimes you hit a wall sometimes you're too close to see sometimes you need to take a quick break call in sick that next day so that you come back in a little bit more charged and a little bit more focused. You kind of get in it, and it's nice, if you can, to be able to have a reset. You usually don't see that for pro players in the NFL anyway. Uh, Maybe MLB pitchers, if they get in a slump, management will do things, whatever. But for Russell Wilson, who is the most important player on your team, to to sit him in a game that you had to have, this was a a conference game, interconference game, and I don't know, the, the skeptic in me, the tinfoil hat, wants to say, well, maybe there was something more to than just the hamstring. But at the end of the day, this is such a beleaguered squad. I can't imagine Nathaniel Hackett, if he was told, nah, we better sit him. It was probably on the up and up. But Russell Wilson saying, no, nah, I was good to go, does give me doubts. Well, I don't know. Hackett has been extremely vague. He's open about everything else and transparent about everything else, but injuries – Ever since he took the Broncos job, he's been extremely vague and uh, kind of devious about that. So I think there's something more to it when you consider, like I said, he was a torn lat, wasn't it, Chad, or some sort of lat injury in his shoulder? Uh, torn, yeah, torn lat. Suddenly that's healed. No one's talking about that. But now it's his hamstring. I, I, there's something fishy to it, but maybe we just have too much tinfoil on our heads. All right, we're about out of time, but we do have uh... – Jess saying, Scott better be doing some high knees on his flight. That's what I said. That's what I told him. I hope you're going to be working out uh, so you can keep pace with Russ. But, yeah, it's going to be fun having having Scott there. We'll we'll talk more about that. Uh, KB throwing down. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. He says, what's the most we could get for Jerry Judy in a trade? Zach, if it's a second and a third or a second and a fourth, we could get a right tackle in the second round and a center with the third or the fourth. What is Jerry Judy worth, you think, Zach? Former number 15 overall pick, an Alabama blue chipper. Hasn't exactly sucked in the league, but hasn't quite lived up to his first-round pedigree. What's he worth? I don't know. I mean, I point to the Kadarius-Tony trade today from the Giants to Kansas City. He went for a conditional third and a sixth, and he was a first-round pick last year. So if he brought that back and – Who's more accomplished at this point? Both of them are still very green in the NFL. I don't think you're getting a first, obviously, for Judy. That value depreciates like when you buy a car and drive it off the lot immediately. A second and a fourth or fifth, I think, would be realistic. And do you take that? I don't know. I'm torn. 
All right, we got to do a rapid fire um, head to head, okay? Because it's it's tradition. I it kind of my my joy for doing this, Zach, kind of loses some of its luster when the Broncos suck. So Savage Boy Kev, because it's you, Big Dog, we're gonna do it. All right, and then we're gonna say good night. Still time, by the way, to throw your name in the hat to win this mug that we're gonna be giving away tonight. Super chat superstars, if you if you donate a super chat tonight. You're in on that drawing. We'll announce it soon before we sign off. But in case uh, you're new to the podcast, Thursday nights, uh, unless the Bronx are playing Thursday nights, but Thursday nights we like to do our head-to-head where we compare the Broncos and their upcoming opponent, both teams, two and five. As we look at this head-to-head, if you see green, that signifies top ten. If it's a red, Statistic, it's bottom 10, and if it's black, it's in between. It means they're kind of middle of the road. So first things first, the Broncos are minus one in turnover margin. That means they've given the ball away one time more than they've taken it. And so are the Jags, both ranked 18th. And then time of possession, Zach, the Broncos have now officially fallen out of the top 10. They're tied for 12th, averaging 30 minutes, just over 30 minutes of possession per game. And the Jags are middle of the pack only a, only a few seconds, really, less than a minute, in, uh, uh, less than half a minute or about half a minute of uh, possession time separates these two. And then we get to the offense. First thing I want to focus on here, Zach, because everyone knows what the Broncos are, but let's look at these Jaguars real quick. They're the seventh-ranked offense in yards per game. Uh, points per game, they're middle of the pack. But 22, could, what would you give to be averaging 22? If you were a Broncos team, Zach, averaging 22 points a game right now and your defense – is given up uh, 16 points per You're game. You're five Guess and two, what? easy. You're five and two. So that's what 22 points per game, even though it's middle of the pack for the league, that's what it could do for a team like Denver. It's it's a touchdown and a two-point conversion better per game than what the Broncos are averaging. See, that's where it's coaching, coaching, coaching for me because what's the excuse here? Jacksonville does not have the talent the Broncos do on offense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is still growing into himself as an NFL quarterback in his second season, and yet they're seventh in in yards per game, 10th in yards per play, and they're 16 slots better than the Broncos in points per game. It all comes down to coaching. And Doug Peterson, I I know you were, Chad. He wanted the Broncos to take a look. Right now, he's doing a much better coaching job than Hackett is with the Broncos offense. It's going to take time for him to fully turn around the Jaguars because the the cupboards were so bare. But he's got himself a young franchise quarterback, and it's coming out in the wash offensively. But that defense, as we'll get to here in a minute, is just not very good. But look, Trevor Lawrence, pretty stingy with the ball, similar to Russell Wilson. Doesn't get picked off a lot. Only four, which ties him with with, uh, the Broncos in terms of their ranking, they're tied sixth. They've lost six fumbles, though. That's one of the worst in the league at fumbles. Uh, total giveaways, the Jags have 10 on the season. The Broncos have eight. But look, they're protecting Trevor Lawrence. Zach, look at this. They've only relinquished 10 sacks through seven games, which is tied for the second fewest in the league. Meanwhile, your Denver Broncos are a bottom 10 uh, team in t- when, when it comes to protecting the quarterback. And then last thing, Broncos still, look at this, they're 31st and third down. This is so despicable. I'm sorry. This is this is why we get into the doesn't matter what George Payton says. Proof's in the pudding. Look at how bad this is, you guys. You're the dead-ranked team in the uh, – dead last-ranked team in, in scoring, 32nd. No team is worse than you. And here's the, the reasons why. You're 31st and third down, and you're 32nd 
in converting red zone trips into points. Meanwhile, Zach, the Jags are just outside of the top 10 on third down and middle of the pack in red zone. I was trying to, I'm going to look up real quick what the Broncos were last year on third down. They were 30.39% under, uh, under Pat Shermer. So the takeaway here is that Nathaniel Hackett's no better than Pat Shermer. When you're 31st on third down, 32nd in the red zone. Come on, Chad, 23.5%. You know how bad that is? I mean, we would have, we were crying foul. They were averaging 17 points a game last year. They couldn't get over that hump to 20 even under Pat Shermer. But right now they're at 14 and change 14 points a game. It's embarrassing for an NFL franchise with that level of talent on offense. It really is. And that's the kicker is with that level. I mean, you've got a nine time pro bowler in his 11th year. You've got Cortland Sutton. You've got Jerry Judy. You've got KJ Hamler. You've got Melvin Gordon. Dulcich. Dulcich now. You've got some real horses. There's no excuse. All right, let's look at the defense. The Broncos are still doing their best to keep this team competitive, mainly with the defense as the tip of the spear. Their second-ranked defense when it comes to yards allowed per game. They're first in yards per play, third in points allowed per game. Uh, Second-ranked passing defense. Third-ranked in sacks with 22. Uh, they're the fifth-ranked third-down defense, your Denver Broncos, and none are better than Denver in red zone defense. Meanwhile, the Jags, they're middle of the pack in yards. They are top 10 in points per game, so they're allowing 19.6 per game. And then rushing, passing, middle of the pack. Uh, interceptions, though, look, this is a big difference between the Jags and the Broncos. That's probably, I'll agree with Thomas Hall and Eric Trickle on this front, that what separates this really good Broncos defense from being a great defense is the lack of takeaways. That could change if they can get on a run here, but but that is an issue. They only have 11 sacks due to the Jags. They're not very good at rushing the passer. They suck on at defending third down, and they're middle of the pack in red zones at. It's just, it's crazy that the Broncos are so good in the red zone. They're 25%, one in four. You know, times your team's only scoring on the Broncos, which is incredible given the injuries. But when you scroll up to the Broncos offense again, they're 23% in the red zone on offense. It's just extraordinarily bad. Uh, the Jags defense, it's not the dumpster fire. It's been in the years past. Still not great, but they're kind of respectable. One guy the Broncos have to look out for, a guy I really wanted them to draft, is Devin Lloyd who is really coming into his own as a linebacker, as a as a perimeter player. What He can do anything on that defense, and uh, whoever's starting a quarterback, Russ or Rippon, have to look out for him. And it's no surprise real quick because the Broncos at one point were at the top or near the top in takeaways. Since Randy Gregory has went out, those takeaways have plummeted. It's the one criticism I have of Evero. They have to find a way to get the football back more often. Not that it'll matter with the Broncos squandering drives. This cat... Devin Lloyd, Zach, seven games. He's got 63 tackles, two interceptions, and six pass breakups. Beast. Ooh. Beast. Yeah, he was a guy that we both loved in this draft. Um, and then last thing here, guys, is special teams. Look, Broncos still somehow maintain a top 10 ranking and punt return average. Everything else is crapola, but this is a good phase for the Jacks. It's one of the things that's kind of kept them competitive is they've executed in on uh, specials. But look at this. Broncos are still dead dead last in the league in penalties committed. The Jags are middle of the pack. And then Broncos 
still are uh, good at getting their opponents to commit penalties. But there's your head-to-head, guys, for uh, for this week. Tanner, thank you for the super chat, big dog. He says, what's up, fellas? Long time. Work has been hectic and have had time haven't had time, I guess, to hop in. Miss the pods. Just wanted to show some love. Hashtag State of Being. Hashtag Broncos for life. Right Appreciate back at you. you, brother. It's great to see you. We miss you. We wonder where you're at when you're not with us. So uh, much love and respect to you, my friend. And then KB again saying, I don't see Judy resigning after his rookie deal. Probably not. Unless all of a sudden he, he grows a relationship with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson will probably determine a lot of that. The dude has a freaking office in the building. John Elway didn't have an office as a player. Peyton Manning didn't have an office as a player. Russell Wilson has an office. So if he wants the Broncos to keep Jerry Judy, when that time comes, he'll probably have Zach a lot more say than maybe you might think. Or unless Rippon becomes the full-time starter, because it only seems like Jerry Judy produces when Rippon is the starting quarterback. But at this point, yeah, I would say maybe he was overdrafted. I don't want to say the B word yet. Really, because we don't have enough of a sample size with competent uh, coordinating or quarterback play, but he's not living up to that 15th overall pick, not even close. Michaela Israel, thank you for the super chat, my friend. She says, are you guys waking up to watch the game and doing the gut reaction? You better believe it. Of course we are. It's not either of our favorite thing to do in the world. Neither of us are the the, the early birds, so to speak, so. but we'll get her done for y'all. Of course, we'll be ready to go for the gut reaction, and we'll have watched the game. All right, Zach, before we dip on out of here, we got one from the Bugmeister. Then we'll do our drawing. Then we'll say goodbye. Bugmeister number two tonight says, you guys are the best show around. You get me through the day. Ah, oh, you're a sweetheart, dude. Thank you, bud. We all appreciate you guys bringing the calm over this dang hurricane. So sweet, my friend. Means a lot to us, Bugmeister. Thank you, big dog. Zach, if you want to do the uh, little rundown of our callouts and stuff, I'll find out from Scott who the randomly selected winner of the mug giveaway for tonight is. Yeah, I hope you all have had a fantastic week. Thank you all for tuning in with us tonight. We're off until the Gut Reaction Show on Sunday after the Broncos game in London. But follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod, uh, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott, our traveling producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some of the new merch that we've been showing off all show, go to huddleuppod.com and check it out. I promise y'all, you will, we can't talk. You will not be disappointed. And go to facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page and follow that page, guys and gals. If you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance for some of that merch each and every month. But if anything, as you see ticking below you now, Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really, 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 really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. All right, here's the winner. Now listen, this name I'm about to announce, all I need you to do is send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail with your shipping address so that we can get this out to you. But the winner tonight is, I'm trying to find his super chat so it'll 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 be cooler, but man, this guy right here, Wero. Hey, winner, winner, chicken dinner. You have won this mug. All right. It's going right back in its box and being shipped out to you. So shoot us an email, my friend. Congratulations. Thank you for supporting what we do here. And then Facebook, don't feel too left out because we're going to do the same thing, a giveaway on Sunday for people who support us on Facebook. So we'll see you then. 
Uh, shout out, though, to the people tonight who did throw down on Facebook. Clayton, Ben, Jeremy, PJ, Miguel, George Fox, all our great Super Chat superstars this evening, starting with Sam Bam, the Bugmeister, David Wilder, Plum Bob, Wero, Michaela, the Duchess, with the top rope Super Chat of the night, RD, Rob, David, uh, McElrath, Jess, Kenny Booker, Tanner, Michaela Israel. Much love and respect, you guys. We will uh, look forward to seeing you much earlier than than usual on Sunday because, yeah, the game's going to be over by about before lunchtime Sunday. So we'll be going gut reaction at the final gun just like we always do. I think he deserves that, if only for how many times we've butchered his name yeah. on this podcast. So congratulations. Hope you like the mug. And I appreciate everyone who put their, their figurative hat into the ring. Have a great start to your weekend, guys. We'll see you after the London game. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.